Welcome to the Let's Talk Life in Lockdown podcast from the University of Edinburgh, keeping us together and sharing our experiences through this extraordinary period of social distancing. I'm Harriet Harris, the University Chaplain, and today from my living room I'm talking to medical students Sam Bresland and Jenny Pusey about what it's like to see those in the year ahead catapulted to frontline working on the wards. We also talk about where they were when lockdown began, managing anxieties around social distancing and about changes to course assessments, and about their own work in mobilising medical students to babysit for NHS staff at this critical time. So Sam and Jenny, it's great to be with you both today. Jenny, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, hi. Uh, So I'm Jenny. I'm one of the fifth-year medical students at Edinburgh. Wonderful. Thanks very much. And Sam? Yeah, uh, I'm Sam and I'm also a fifth-year medical student at Edinburgh and together we are the co-founders of the Edinburgh Medic Share. Oh, great. Okay, so it'd be fantastic to hear about that. Why don't you kick off by telling us about a little bit more about that, Sam? Oh, okay. So the Edinburgh Medic Share is basically a space, uh, it's a Facebook group where um, healthcare students and NHS staff with families and kids to look after can all come to the group and connect up with one another so that the students can volunteer to look after the children of the staff um, and that frees them up to go and support their colleagues uh, on the front line. Isn't that a great initiative? Yeah, and and, uh, I'm sure it's massively appreciated. So this is something about the NHS colleagues supporting one another and appreciating the the intensity of being on the front line. Yeah, Yeah, 100%. Um, And in the initial days, while things, it's obviously still uncertain, but I think there was a lot of uncertainty before schools closed and before um, lockdown measures were put in place uh, as to what people were going to do with their kids. Um, So at the time, it was very much, I think, um, praised and appreciated so and we're, we're thrilled with, with what's happened with it so far it's grown really really well that's fantastic so uh, and Jenny can you tell us a bit about the experiences of of being involved in this yeah it's initially was very overwhelming I think we didn't expect <laughs> there to be such a massive response um and I think part of it was as Sam has just said that people wanted reassurance I think um regarding like actual SIPs we've only had around 30 um but yeah I think so many people were worried like they didn't know what schools were gonna do they didn't know if there would be changes around like on calls or last minute shifts um and also not knowing if they're like usual babysitters were going to have to suddenly isolate last minute and not be able to come in so I think it's been really nice seeing actually the impact of just giving parents that reassurance. Absolutely and so and and Jenny what has your experience of sitting been like how old have the children been what activities have you done with them? So I've actually still not been in babysat um I've been uh kind of quote-unquote on call a couple of times for um, nearby doctors who 
have themselves been on an on-call rotor. Um, but I think the most of them actually who are needing sitting at the moment are much younger, so sort of nursery age between kind of one and three-ish. Um, because I think it's really helped having the schools step up and still let key workers um, take their kids there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sam, have you done any sitting yet? Uh, I actually haven't had chance to do any sitting, I must admit. Um, yeah. Sort of coordinating it all. Yeah, absolutely. And liaising on a national level and with the app and stuff has been a lot and I haven't had chance to go out and do some sitting yet. Just to, to qualify a statement that Jenny made earlier with regards to the 30 sits, that's 30 sits as of about a week ago that we were aware of. I think a lot of the um, the connections are being made, um, you know, yeah. by the individuals and we're pretty hands off with that. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking 30 sounded quite a lot, but it depends on, is that 30 nationally or 30 for Edinburgh or? Just the the Edinburgh local group. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's, it's not an insignificant number at all. Um, And as you say, the working behind the scenes and getting up and running is a huge amount of work. And you're keen, I believe, Sam, to get off Facebook and onto an app to make that transition easier. Do you want to tell us a bit about the app? Yeah, so we'd we'd like the the facebook group to maintain a sort of social hub and people Mm. can still get connected on it but i think the app um yeah it'd be good to migrate people over to the app because i think it offers a little bit more in terms of protection um and you know it's more convenient it's easier for sitters to see the babysitting requests coming in rather than having to monitor the facebook group um, Absolutely. That, so that will relieve relieve some of your time. Yeah, yeah. 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 And it's called the Bubble app. Is that right? Bubble. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Bubble app. Great. Okay. So there's a, a plug for the Bubble app. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, is it specifically for medics, or can anyone uh, help? Anyone can actually help. Um, okay. Obviously, we are pushing for healthcare students because we we quite like that the link between you know within the healthcare community. Um, yeah. I think that's really interesting. Um, it is, students it is. are well, well suited for it. It's a very nice link. And I, I, it's w- another question I, I was wanting to ask you both is what it's been like to see your uh, colleagues in the year above suddenly being propelled into graduation and out onto the wards. Jenny, I wonder if you've got some thoughts about that. Yeah, so I think that's partly why I wanted to get involved with some sort of community project anyway because for me I was still on placement on the afternoon that we got the email to say okay today's the last day and then suddenly you know I don't think as a group of people we're very good at doing nothing like we're probably all quite intense people Um, and so it was quite a strange feeling to not have anything to do and then watching like friends and colleagues and now the people who are just in the year above us suddenly be thrust into all of this like really hard work and I think seeing the emotional toll it's had on them as well um Mm -hmm. it's quite hard just always just kind of sitting back and watching that yes it must be because you're you're sort of the next in line as it were aren't you 
you know, you're, it, had it been next year, this would have been you. And now I suppose in a sense, you're, you're the top, you're the, the final year medics now at the university. And you can see it all coming quite close, can't you, I imagine? It's just there on the horizon for you. Yeah, and I think because it's such a long course, you get used to being a student. Oh, we're just losing you, Jenny, are you there? Ah, we're losing Jenny slightly. Sam, can we come back to you? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, so we're just thinking about what it's like being um, kind of on the front line as as a student in a sense, not the front line going into the ward, Mm. but the next group of students coming on through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so I think earlier on there was a lot of chatter and lots of rumours regarding like being drafted in and stuff. And, you know, uh, I think I I probably did did a fair bit of of that kind of chat as well. But when we met with consultant intensivist Mark, who's been helping us out on this project, babysitting project, Mm -hmm. uh, he was very good at, at reassuring us that that wasn't the plan at that point in time um and that the media was making it out to be obviously it's a it's a huge thing it's huge um but within within our area like we're not london it's going to be a different kind of um you know a different a different beast down south than what it's yeah up here and is that how it feels? Do you feel very much like you're sitting north of the border looking at uh, the intensity of what's happening down in England? I mean, England's got such a vast population. London, of course, yeah. has, has got a big population, yeah. uh, so much bigger compared to Edinburgh. Um, yes, do you feel, you feel like you're looking at something very different? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think yeah. that's, that's only a realisation that's come in gradually. Um, right. I think initially I thought it would be um a sudden like blanket and everyone's going to be infected and you know apocalyptic scenes but it's actually it's not been that really uh, i don't know it's just been a process yeah. it's been a process well you're sounding quite calm which is really nice to hear and one of the uh wonderful things to hit to see actually is um when we're seeing the you know, in one way, quite rather distressing reports from intensive care units. Something that's so uplifting is seeing how calm the NHS workers are, you know, the the nurses and doctors in those units, so professional, so calm. Um, I mean, they're and very honest about the fact that it's hard work, they're exhausted, they're worried for, for their patients, they're worried for themselves, they're worried for their families but they get on with it with such calm professionalism that it makes you so impressed by them and by their training. It's a wonderful yeah. thing. Yeah, hundred percent. Like my parents are both, my dad's working in ICU back home and my mum does critical care. So that links in with the ICU. Um, but I had a video call yesterday with my mum and she was outside chilling in the sun, having a nice time. So that's really, that's really reassuring to see that things back home are, are looking good. That's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and how are you keeping in touch with your family? Just um, FaceTimes and that kind of thing. Yeah, mostly FaceTime. Yeah. Uh, so sadly, um, it, it's looking tricky for Jenny to rejoin us. So Sam, thanks very much for continuing the interview. Um, no worries. And, and I wondered if you could just say a little bit uh, about how lockdown is affecting you, Sam. 
outside of the, <laughs> the do, doing the uh, you know do, doing the fantastic NHS um, you know sitting initiative. Uh, I think my whole life has been taken over by this. I'm pretty single-minded <laughs> on it just now. But uh, yeah, I think going out for my daily walk's been interesting. Mm. Um, so I'd, I'd usually go with my girlfriend to Arthur's seat. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm really hung up on the guidelines for social distancing because um our babysitting work is sort of predicated on the idea that all the sitters are following social distancing really well um, for it to be safe. So I'm obsessive about um, staying two metres away from everyone um, and it just becomes like a bit of a rat race down the bottom of Arthur's seat. Uh, So that's caused some anxiety there. Um, Yeah. And a bit of conflict, actually, between myself and my girlfriend, who've both got different interpretations of uh, the CMO guidance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's difficult. Negotiating these things is very difficult, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so all these spaces that are usually vast open spaces, you're finding that they're actually quite crowded now because everybody's wanting to use them. Yes. Yeah. Like the, the crags and Arthur's seat. Mm-hmm. So how are you managing your... How are you managing the getting outside and are you managing uh, so, to get a walk? Yeah, we've come to a compromise. Mm-hmm. So what we now do is um, Holly and I will walk from the flat to the sort of bottom of Arthur's seat and there's a bench there. And then from there, she can then go on a run on her own and then I can walk back to the flat from this bench. And that okay. way, anxiety levels remain uh, manageable for the, yeah. for the daily walk. Yeah, that sounds really good. And are you finding the walking itself uh, important for managing the anxiety levels as well as the negotiating how to do it? Um, the walking itself, I think the walking itself is really important for Holly, my girlfriend. Um, I think I could I could probably go without it, um, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, so my, my usual working pattern when it comes to exams and stuff is to like lock myself away for days anyway. So. Um, the whole lockdown thing is like um, not, so that feels normal not unfamiliar not too unfamiliar and yeah. but it's important for holly that we go out and get walks so yeah gets oxygen to the brain as well doesn't it and it gets your mm-hmm. body moving in a different way yeah uh, so have you got exams as normal sam uh we've actually got a mock exam <laughs> later today oh oh well gosh extra thank you for making time to do the interview mm-hmm. then that's yeah, really good of you. Yeah, yeah, our exams are um, they've obviously been dialed back, and a lot of our assessments have been dialed back with everything okay. that's going on. Um, yeah. So I think there'll be another exam, like a proper one, where it'll be open book sometime end of May, mid June. Not really sure. Okay. How is it feeling having that uh, change to the assessments? Uh, it makes sense. Like, I think it, it makes sense people are going to be in very wildly different situations as you were saying earlier um and yeah it's it the idea of like a standardized test situation like it would be impossible to do there'll be people in different time zones for instance so i think it's only fair that um that things are like 
relaxed a little bit. Yeah. Maybe that's yeah. maybe that's a controversial take. I don't know. No, it's it's not. I'm just wondering what the experience of it is. You know, mm. when you thought you were going to be working towards one set of things, and then that changes when it's not entirely clear what it is. That could be quite. Uh, I imagine that can be quite tough because working for assessments is tough anyway. And then not quite knowing what they're going to look like adds in. I wonder if, if in some ways it eases off a bit of pressure when you're just when you're thinking, but I shouldn't be eased off because I still have go, I'm still going to be assessed. Yeah, it's tricky. I mean, our learning, once you get to fourth year and beyond, our learning is like placement based. So a uh, lot of it, it's, it's focused around going into the wards and seeing patients. So when you can't do that. Um, yes. Yeah. Like, yes, yeah, so you have to find a substitute for the... Yeah. Our hands are tied, Practical. basically. Like, mm. so that's that's really interesting, actually. Mm. So normally, your assessments now would be doing sort of diagnoses with real patients and things, would would they? Uh, so our assessments, we'd have a like multiple choice knowledge tests, and then we would have um, like practical exams called OSCEs, where you go in and rotate round stations and see um, mm. actors who are like briefed on what uh, condition they are supposed to be acting out okay right okay yeah so that's the bit that you can't do at the moment uh, yeah so those yeah. those exams have been um postponed till next year i believe ah uh, okay okay so you'll know you'll get them down the line mm -hmm. yeah and what um when lockdown happened um when the announcement was made that we we could only go out for, for certain reasons. Um, it was a bit like a snapshot in time, wasn't it? And suddenly we were all kind of frozen where we were. What were your circumstances at that time, Sam, in terms of where you were living, who was around? Uh, so I've been really lucky. Um, obviously my girlfriend who I've mentioned is staying with me at the time and she's now here okay. for the foreseeable future. And then my three right. flatmates who I've known uh, since I was at primary secondary school so really yeah <laughs> right so Lovely. I'm, I'm ideal I feel I feel awful actually uh brag almost like bragging about that that's <laughs> incredibly fortunate to be in the situation that I'm currently in so you're in a, the happy situation of having really close friends who you've known a long time yeah who you're who you're you know physically in the same same home mm. with yeah um yeah I'm driving Driving them all up driving... the wall, but are you? <laughs> yeah. What are your What are your particular techniques for driving people up the wall, Sam? <laughs> Pacing around, I circumambulate <laughs> a lot. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> Would you recommend yourself as a housemate to somebody? <laughs> um, I'm pretty clean. I'm, I, I, yeah. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm sure you are. I'm sure you are. Um. It would be really interesting to hear what uh, what things you are discovering in the lockdown that you think you wouldn't have discovered if we weren't in this extraordinary situation. Um, I think family values, just mm. getting back to like, you know, grandparents and things like giving them a ring yeah. now is really special. Um, oh. and yeah. yeah, I think family basically. Yeah, it's just so important. Yeah. Absolutely. And are they keeping well, your family? Yeah, everyone's good. Everyone's good. That's great, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad to hear that. Yeah. And uh, 
what are the what are the biggest challenges for you uh just now i think the the success of the initiative and yeah. sort of managing that and keeping on top of that and making sure that uh, my part in it i'm like moving things in the right way um and kind of keeping true to my principles mm. so i think that's that's what i'm contending with sounds as though that your, your principles act like a sort of compass for you really they keep you with a sense of direction and purpose yeah i hope so yeah sounds like they do sam and uh, are there some aspects uh to this shutdown that you're actually enjoying or especially enjoying um the looking at the at the weather is that mm. weather's quite it's not nice. bad is it yeah, yeah not bad blue skies um i think just camaraderie camaraderie in the flat is good that's uh, great a bit more cooking is being done uh, a bit more experimental lots of baking and oh. yeah just just people being creative yeah because there's more time to be creative mm -hmm. yeah 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 and uh a bit bit more of a chance to be less task focused on getting the degree isn't there a bit a bit more of a chance to think more widely about other things yeah definitely yeah, yeah. That sounds really good. I like what you said about the blue skies. I've got a sister in Australia and she's saying it's um it, it feels really hard to be heading into the winter over there with all of this yeah. going on. Mm -hmm. That would feel harder, wouldn't it? I can imagine. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows where we'll be um come our winter we'll, if if we're still having to have moments of shutdown, we'll hopefully have got used to it a bit then. Mm -hmm. But at the moment it is nice to for the days to be lengthening, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. A bit of energy. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah. So, Sam, thanks so much. And thanks to Jenny, too. Um, thank you very much to you both for, for joining me in conversation today. And I wish you both well uh, in your in, in the initiative to um, have medics and others babysit for NHS staff. It's such a fantastic initiative and uh, and a lovely one, actually. I hope that if you if, if you do both want to get some sitting opportunities, I hope that you will. Uh, but also wish you well for the rest of the lockdown and for the rest of your studies. Yeah, thanks. So, thanks for having thank us. Yeah, great. Okay, take care. Amazing. Bye-bye. For the latest university COVID-19 advice and news, go to the University of Edinburgh website and you'll find all the links you need at the top of the homepage. If you would like to discuss any issues affecting you from this podcast or would like welfare support during lockdown, you can contact the university's listening service by emailing listening.service at ed.ac.uk. The listening service is run by the chaplaincy and is for all Edinburgh students and staff. <laughs>